If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There we go. But it's not really Christmas anymore. It's New Year now. But sleigh bells, Santa is still going home. <laughs> He's still going home. He's traffic. <laughs> so it was a cracker hug, man. <laughs> I was in the borders. I was in uh, not doing the this. flying duck, <laughs> then pop punk karaoke. Is that what's happening? So, so what's happening now, Mark? Right now? Yeah. At this moment in time? This part two. I have no fucking idea. This part two <laughs> of our festive podcast. So, um, basically, we took a number of submissions from fans. Followers. Fans. <laughs> fans. <laughs> I'm call them fans. I want to say follow- followers of the pod. I don't want to say fans. They could hate it. Uh, there's a number of familiar faces on the Twitter, Instagram, yep. Facebooks. Facebooks <laughs> All those things That are probably gone now It's two weeks later They probably, <laughs> probably don't exist What happens um, in 2019 Yeah yeah I mean Mark Zuckerberg Rolled up Facebook At the end of 2018 That was that It was a big <laughs> fucking reveal man yeah. Prosecution It was amazing <laughs> Yeah So a number of submissions We sort of distilled them Into this uh, Big old list Dense Delicious Caramelised Onion jam Oh my god So many onions So <laughs> many onions Of uh, Of Unsung 2018 Our first Full year And We had Four questions last week Four questions this week Got Four more questions this week mm-hmm. Let's see what happens So question one Something Sung th- who, who submitted this? Me Um was it actually you or was this it your is my, dad? This is my suggestion. Mark's, Could be my dad. Mark's dad added me in Facebook. My, my fucking dad really? added me in Facebook. I have what? no fucking idea why I did that. This is absolutely bizarre. So Mark's dad added me in Facebook. Right, He must enjoy my patter. Right, mm-hmm. So he he added me in Facebook. And since then, I've been getting a slew of dad jokes. Yeah, my dad likes dad jokes, unsurprisingly. Oh. But he's, he fucking loves Does he them post memes. them? He just posts he them. Po- he just posts memes constantly. Just fucking but memes constantly. 
really like jealous. really daddy memes like the daddiest memes and, and like LCD sound system style memes like. <laughs> <And> <laughs> here's the creepy thing right I've been forwarding Mark's dad's yeah, weird me- memes to Mark uh-huh. so I've become <laughs> the bridge between him and his dad even though like excellent. so I'm seeing the same shit twice literally <laughs> that is fantastic it's, it's, except it's I put, stereo shit it's I put fucking... inverted commas around it so it's mm, better I know yeah. you've got it's that it's ironic <laughs> I don't so, know question one from Mark's dad something <laughs> something sung that you sung that you uh, would like to nominate but you can't because it's sung so it's something that is basically classified as a classic Really, that we could, or at least veers or, veers close to a classic. I mean, it's or, not like, or well, maybe overrated or something. But in actual fact, it is great. Does that make sense? I would. My contention with that would be that I don't think it's overrated. I think it it still falls out with that Q magazine, Mojo mm. magazine, you know, Rolling Stone canon of like blonde on blonde bullshit all time classics. I was going to suggest the Pet Sounds by Beach Boys, but yeah, you know. exactly, exactly, yeah. So it falls out with that, but it's still a very sung album, and therefore we have maybe had to bypass it. I think a couple of these, at least in my list, we've touched on um, because I think they are absolutely, I mean, literally amongst the best musical accomplishments of all fucking human history that we've not been able to nominate because they're like beyond our remit. Yeah. Okay. So, David. Well, no, let's hear yours because I'm still not quite sure. Okay. I have three. Okay. The first one, David, is kind of in response to you Uh because I would nominate Super Unknown. Ah, okay. By Soundgarden. Yeah. Yeah. I think Super Unknown is, and I include Led Zeppelin in this because much in the same way as we spoke about with Descendants and Helmet bands taking a legacy and building upon it Super Unknown takes Led Zeppelin and improves upon it in my opinion I think Super Unknown is like something like 71, 72 minutes long that album it's the only album to ever maybe even breach the 60 minute mark that I could like stomach to that extent mm-hmm. I think it is absolutely phenomenal uh, throughout uh, the length of it really complements the style of music it doesn't necessarily break a lot on your ground. Maybe in Head Down, 4th of July. Yeah, a couple of other moments, like she like surprises uh, the day I tried to live. Um, there are a couple of moments in it that are sort of genre-defying and that they, they bring in elements that are beyond their obvious remit. But I think Super Unknown is the logical conclusion of what Led Zeppelin were trying to get at, but were just too basic. No irony or circuit. I think it's one of the greatest albums of all time. I think Super Unknown is grunge in its most positive, productive, conscientious manifestation. It's not just good but it paves the way for good ideas. That's what I mean by conscientious. Uh, I just think it's a fucking absolute masterpiece. So that would be one of mine. Another one on a similar theme would be Anima by Tool. (laughs) 
which I think is by far and away Tool's best record. Uh, it's a point in their, their evolution as a band that was just beautifully in between their pretentiousness, uh, their esotericism, and their early periods of sludgy rockiness. I think there's so many tracks on it, like Eulogy, for example, which goes to town, Jimmy, Hooker with a Penis... Uh, even Third Eye, um, I think they, they 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 kick open a bunch of doors for bands that want to build upon that, um, including themselves. I think Lateralis um, has some really good moments. I think I think that's a great record. It's a great record, but it's not as it's too considered. It's too it's, yeah, it's definitely it's a band like Tool going. Let's be Tool. Exactly. Whereas Enema is the point where Tool post uh, Undertow period where we're were still a little bit unsure of what they were going to be. Um, they had Stink Fist, they had Eulogy, they had these ba- they, these songs that were sort of breaking through as singles, but they didn't have this formula. And I think that album is that beautiful moment where nobody's really been too deliberate. Nobody is really considering things. No labels are too involved. I mean, Tool had a lot of like label problems after that album. That album is an absolute masterpiece. I think it's, for me, one of the five best albums I've ever heard, full stop. And I think much like Super Unknown, it says this is leaving scope for other bands to supersede us. It says this is us building upon great ideas like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin that had gone before. Mm. I think it's a really, really positive record, much like Super Unknown. And the last one I would put in that category is In Rainbows by Radiohead. I think In Rainbows is Radiohead's masterpiece. Uh, I am super aware. Radiohead, even as a band, it's almost impossible to nominate them for anything because they're so mm-hmm. ubiquitous and mm-hmm. so universally hailed. In Rainbows, for a band with that much expectation, is astonishingly good. Like I think it is, it is the best record that band ever produced. And that is really going some because OK Computer was one of the most defining records of all time. Given that recorded music only really started in the 20s, you know, it's only been about for a century max. They were literally one of the defining people of that entire Yeah, I think OK Computer is probably seen as one of, is probably the best album of that decade. Possibly. It's probably the defining 90s record. And And that includes... Can you know never mind and stuff. So much stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think in rainbows on an an objective basis, song for song, focus, quality of music, brevity, it is an absolutely astonishing achievement. Mm. I think it's one of the best like works of music ever recorded. Interesting. What about you? Well, there's a few that I want to go for, and I kind of went at it at different ways as well. There was a couple of like big 80s albums that I think are regarded as pop classics and sold enough that they probably aren't unsung, but I just love no matter what. And they are, of course, Tears for Fears. Uh, 
song from the songs from the big I chair. I knew that was coming. Which is just <laughs> an incredible record. Just a band going mental with the amount of money that they've can spend in a studio, but doing it beautifully. There's oh, I just love that record. And on the same level as that is uh, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, which is also that is a show. Which is an amazing record, and the like, second half of that album is like a you know frog rock utopian fantasy, and I, it's fucking you know, brilliant. I have similar feelings about Tori Amos because these are people that have committed a work of genius to the canon of overall pop culture. Yeah, that needs represented. But how do how do I emphasize how yeah. overlooked that particular part of their career is? True. Yeah, Little Earthquakes by Tori Amos is an absolute masterpiece. For as me, well. it's um, the Quergal Hotel. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, given how underrepresented women are in music generally and also in the zoography, there's probably a good case for just having them as an episode anyway. Yeah, that's true. I was also thinking... Women. There was a couple... Just women. <laughs> <laughs> women. Wait a minute. There's a couple are we, of, are we going like the unsung patronising episode? <laughs> there's a couple of uh, yeah. 70s records that I just love. Uh, I think Volume 4 by Black Sabbath is a supreme... Beezer. Beezer. It's my favourite uh, Sabbath record because I think it's them at their most organic and flowing and absolutely full of cocaine mm. and it's like <laughs> so perfect. Have, uh, like, I mean, this is like shameless, but a very, very good friend of mine mm-hmm. is uh, a child of a member of Black Sabbath. Yeah. And one of the most weird experiences I ever had was going into his house. I had no idea. I just, it's a really nice guy. We got on great. I did not put two and two together because of his second name and I went into his house and I'm looking through his records I'm like you got a lot of albums by Black Sabbath he's like my dad plays in them <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and we like like listen to Black Sabbath at night with headphones on <laughs> and he will never speak to me again after this episode <laughs> I, I would also put forward John Martin Solid Air An absolute oh, classic. But I mean, that is really, a classic. Really interesting choice. So uh, maybe we could talk about that. Um, I mean, Spiderland by Slint is, is something that probably doesn't need any more talking about. Probably not. You know, the, no, but this is the weird thing, right? So we're in a privileged position where Spiderland is like a total given. But is Spiderland a given, you know, by that standard that I've talked about in the past? Like, my mum has no fucking yeah. idea who Slint is. I don't is. think it's, I think it's a given to the listeners of this podcast. But if we aim to get your mum to listen to this podcast, 
in the future, then we can discuss it. Well, at, as, at the as, moment, as, we don't uh, need after, to discuss it. After 10 years of doing this podcast, we finally <laughs> yeah, have to be unsung refers to. Um, as, the, as the converge, as the botch, it's the same kind of conversation yeah. on it, really. So I was thinking more about those older records, but then I decided the way that I was going to go down it was we often talk about like albums that have been lauded by Pitchfork and... Chris quite often gets angry because they're part of this weird attempt to uh, feed hipsters what they need to like. But sometimes these albums truly are brilliant. And one that I know you're going to, I think you're going to disagree with. I'm not going for this. I nearly did it. Is uh, Sunbather by Def Evan. That's good. Because it is a fucking incredible record. It's so good. It is so, so good. There's not a single part of that record that repeats. It just goes for 40 minutes and it, yeah. it's a movement. Uh, it's I, fucking beautiful. I don't want to say that I've got Death Heaven Dance in a later question. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I didn't go for that. I actually went uh, Saturday's Equal Youth by M83. Oh, uh, wow. Which got, you know, Interesting. in all the Pitchfork uh, top, you know, records of the year and stuff like that. But their album that came out after Hurry Up We're Dreaming was the one that sold loads of records. And that song, Midnight City, like, is a fucking, you know, they play it when goals are scored in football stadiums and stuff like that. But Saturday's Equal Youth is genuinely, like, it works perfectly. It's all about 80s nostalgia. It, you know, it came out in 2008, so it was kind of hitting on that sweet spot of that decade being 20 years before, you know, 80s nostalgia now, as we've discussed, is pretty passe. How do you, I mean, like, how do you feel about that whole 80s nostalgia thing, though, man? Well, it's been overdone to absolute fuck now, but when this album came out, it was 2008, it's 10 years old. Uh, we've had a decade of... You know things like of Stranger Things. You know, you know, TV, movie, music have all been feeding on that ghost of the eighties for the last decade. But when this album came out, it visually connected the vocals, the sounds. It had this beautiful, glistening, dreamlike aura of a heartbroken teenage eighties thing that existed only in vague memories. But like this album, perfected it. And it's really, really, really good album. Um, when you say it visually perfected it, like how much does that do with the marketing? Do you think it still was contributing anything new? How much do you think the M83 thing is just a case of capitalising on, okay, guys, enough time has passed? No, I think there's a cynical way of looking at, like, oh, they're going to try and, like, nail that market. But they, they were there before the market. Like, you look at, uh, things like Stranger Things, you look at that Black Mirror episode, San Junipero, you look at all of these, you know, 80s. That's like two, three years ago. Yeah, that's it. That's This is all two, three years ago. What happens is like a period of time, a lot of culture happens. And then over time, the social memory of that period remembers some things and forgets some things. And we move on. 
you know, you look back at a decade 10 years ago and you think it's pretty uncool, but then you look back at it 20 years ago and you're remembering yourself being young and you're remembering emotions that were happening for the first time in that period or what I think M83 picked up on at this point was they were picking up influences that some people might have missed or they were picking up obvious you know movie influences and they did it early because they were just on the cusp of thinking remember the 80s they were actually pretty great remember watching E.T. Do you remember fucking, you know, Molly Ringwald, stuff like that? I mean, I totally I totally get that, but don't you think that there's something really reductive and cynical about that? No, because I, so, I think there's a naive on, joy in nostalgia, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with thinking, oh, it was nice to be young. They made a record that is really actually progressive. It's, like, really cool. It's pretty dark. There's some really beautiful bits to it. And this was way before all this 80s nostalgia got became a pastiche. I think it was the first wave. I don't think it was way before. I think that the, the nostalgia was like a wave that went on yeah, over I th- a period I mean, of time. I think that's a thing that happens but throughout history. Is, and it's Retro, more... as we've realised as well, and I think the, the distance between retro is gradually reducing. So like we've noticed that the distance between 90s retro and contemporary retro is down to about... 15 20 years now and that'll probably also i mean that's because contemporary culture is starting to eat itself more and more exactly, because yeah, of yeah. the internet and things but like I that i think so. like when we talk about things being naive um i get what you're saying about m83 i get what you're saying about things like synthwave things like stranger things and i i really enjoy that stuff i really do um i really enjoy the nostalgia for things like um the last Starfighter, Tron, but it's very much about packaging it. And there's something about M83 that as a result feels calculated. I totally get what you're saying. It's fun. It's well composed. It's cleverly written. And as is a lot of the stuff that followed it. You're saying, how do we package it for an audience to do that? But also they are musicians. They're just doing it for themselves. Who cares? I like this album. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, um, I've got a few, I suppose. don't know which one I'm really going to go for, but I guess from an age point of view, I would probably have to say uh, Sign of the Times by Prince. Mm-hmm. It's a beast. And Francis skinny man died of a big disease with a little name. By chance his girlfriend came across a needle and soon she did the same. At home there were 17 year old boys and their idea fun. It is a phenomenal record. It's significantly better than Purple Rain, but I mean, you could argue, as many people would argue, that Purple Rain wasn't entirely Prince on his own. Sign of the Times is the first proper, fully Prince record since his first album in the late 70s. What were the tracks in Sign of the Times? Oh, it's a double album. There's a lot. Um, but just, I mean, the standout. So, so you've got Sign of the Times, you've got um, I Could Ever Take a Place of Your Man. Uh, uh, you got the look. You got a look. I yeah. fucking love that track. Beast, Sheena yeah, Easton. Really good. Yeah, The Cross, which is a really good song. You see Sheena Easton? Yeah. 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 Fucking Scottish legend. Yeah. Bell Song. One of 
das Bodges ist, was, was Chinesen. Ähm, oh, so many good songs are I Hey, Starfish and Coffee. Star, I was saying, I was, <laughs> yeah. Starfish and Coffee? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's it's a really, it's so it's a like a song. Limp Bizkit track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll ever really talk about that record. I mean, that's probably the one I would probably go for, to be honest, because people think Prince, they think singles. But we might do a Prince, you know. yeah, Prince I mean, episode. There is scope for us doing a Prince episode mm. because there are so many favourites of Prince that don't necessarily entail that, that I think yeah. makes it worth talking about. Prince is... I mean, I don't listen to Prince regularly, but you cannot possibly underestimate the influence that Prince has had. Not at all. And no. I would, I would even go so far as to say Prince more than Michael Jackson because Prince is much more of a musician's musician mm -hmm. than Michael Jackson. Absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah, it, Michael Jackson has an incredible array of hit singles. Absolutely, un like unbelievable. Yeah, but Prince is Prince's musical output through weird progressive albums and funk and his musicianship overall, his fucking cult of personality as well. Like one of the most important Peerless. cultural figures yeah. yeah, of the last century. Which yeah. is why he could never really, which is why I wonder if he'd ever really be in a conversation of being unsung because everybody knows his influences. The thing is, so like, Legion, like, right? we've, we've like the whole thing of unsung is it's relative. Mm. So if you take, for example, the career of, of Soundgarden, and compare like Louder Than Love to Super Unknown, mm -hmm. Louder Than Love is much lower profile. So I think, relatively speaking, there is scope within Prince. To totally. Do that. I mean, but Sign of the Times, I don't think it'd be that record because it was the record after he won the Oscar. So it's like the record after, never mind. It's like, it's like a neutral, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you still sell hundreds But it was of him copies, making like, a statement as well. Yeah, totally. Because that's the thing with in Euro, it's a good example because it's a, it's an artist saying, oh shit, okay, right, you guys all think you're down with what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is way more complicated than what you think. I'm saying mm -hmm. so there is scope within that because in utero was Kurt Cobain's project to alienate much of his mainstream audience he was like I don't actually want just any fucking Joe Public I want people that give a shit mm -hmm. and and I think that's that's relevant I mean the story around the record is really interesting as well it came out of a it came out of a session called the Dream Factory which is where he brought in loads of members from the revolution shortly just as they were breaking up and it was like a triple disc record which you can actually get you can actually find a bootleg of it and it's a completely different there's a lot more songs on it that ever end up saying the times and it's got a completely different sequence and all that and it is a completely different record and a lot of the songs end up getting released in the 90s on a crystal ball compilation that he did in the 90s is a really weird period for prince because there's a lot of stuff he released just because so he did like after they left the record label, his major record label Warner Brothers. He meet at least when did the most beautiful girl in the world come out? That so that's ninety one, no nineteen ninety four. We no spoke, way. yeah, we spoke about this. No way was that as late yeah, as that? It was mid nineties. Yeah, so no. we, we spoke about that. I the, think he might it might have no. been. No uh, way. The symbol. Yeah, so we spoke about this on the, the Pajona Mantranga episode. One of my favourite Prince records is The Gold Experience, which is actually not a very good record because it's really, really long and it's got a lot of awful 90s shit on it. But that was the second record released as, as the unpronounceable symbol. Yeah, yeah. The, lo the love oh, symbol. Oh, 1995? What mm. the fuck? Now, interesting <laughs> thing is, like, one of the big things that Prince could never get done in his lifetime was to wrestle back the control of his 80s and 90s his early 90s output from Warner Bros that he kind of did towards the end of his life and as a result of all that a lot of the stuff he released under the unprincipled symbol was never put on Spotify and Warner's records was 
the gold experience now if you go on Spotify the most beautiful girl in the room is still not on it because it's still the mu- most beautiful girl in the room sorry that's a fight that's a fight the concourse song fight the concourse song that's like my head you could be you could be a part time model that's how beautiful you are um, <laughs> but the most beautiful girl in the world sorry is still not on Spotify despite the fact all of his records are on Spotify apart from that one song it's really fucking strange. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that yeah. at all. But that's a, that's a really good record that I like, but as I also understand objectively, it's not that good. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's also it's not just that... But Sign of the Times is a fucking banger of an album. Yeah, it's not um, It's not that it's not that good. It's just like, how in the scope of Unsung do you possibly put that forward given the profile? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, other records I'd probably go for. You're probably going to not this. You're not going to agree with this, Chris. Oh. Weaver might though. Is Mechanical Animals by Marlon Manson? That's a really good album. Mm, it's a interesting great record. Do you know the first night is good. Mechanical Animals is like is yeah, is, is yeah, Bowie, the like, David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. and it, it fulfills the remit perfectly. In the dope show. It is excess, it is glam rock as fuck. David, you a fan of that album? Is uh, yeah. Although I mean, I liked it when it came out, but uh, I cherry picked certain songs of it. What do you think about his felt that the rubbery was... tits? Oh, well into that. It <laughs> um, was a key appeal for me as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always liked Marilyn Manson. Overall, I uh, I never quite got into any of his records, even Antichrist Superstar. Really, there was some. The problem with Antichrist Superstar is... really is, long. It's really long, and Angel with the Scabbed Wings is, like, one of the best songs in the world. Mm. And I just wanted the rest of that album to sound like that, and it wasn't as you quite didn't like as good. Beautiful People. I mean, obviously, Beautiful People is a classic man. single, yeah. but uh, that's the second single I ever bought. Yeah, after Basket Case by Duke. Great <laughs> <laughs> work. And the, another record I was thinking about putting in, or thinking about discussing, is it's probably going to be an unpopular choice as well. But it's Origin of Symmetry by Muse. Fuck off. <laughs> because David's dead. <laughs> Do you know what is great though? Hang on, it's how uncool Muse have become. Hang on, David's just jumped out the window. We'll have to wait on him coming back up the stairs. The reason I brought this up is because, as Dev said, as Dev said, as Dev said, Muse are like so fucking chronically, painfully uncool, right? But this is when... Not in Japan. Not anywhere really, because they're fucking massive, but I mean, as a band to make music. They're fucking cool in Japan. Okay. I've never been in Japan, but you have. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but Origin of Symmetry is, is the only good thing they've ever done. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would. The, the thing is, like, Muse are now shit and they're a parody, be of, shit a parody a of themselves. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you go back and, like, this is genuinely actually a pretty good record. I'm mm. not going to lie. It is. It is good. Yeah. Um, but it's Muse just, are so I just big, was not like, expecting Muse. It's, but um, yeah, like, it's. Do you ever, the, do you ever have a record, a record that you associate overwhelmingly with, like, an ex partner? 
Yes. <laughs> this song actually reminds me way, of an ex partner's best friend. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Him. Dodgy. <laughs> but, um, actually, the ex partner, she's fucking great, but this album sucks. <laughs> and uh, if she ever listens to this, I'll get, um, I might have to block her. <laughs> I thought that. Um, I think it's a good record. The right? Hullabaloo Hullab- soundtrack is also very good. Whoa. It's good because it's like the it's the live record that came after, and it basically had the best of and live tracks it and a, a couple bit, of new ones as well. Do you not think like, that was a bit fucking early for a best of live soundtrack? In I think, a band I think yeah. it was, but I think it was yeah. a really smart decision at, at that point in the career as well. I mean, it's a bit arrogant. Yeah, yeah, I mean the reviews though. It's, it's fucking music, Matt Bellamy. Exactly. It's Matt Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> but like Dead fair, Star and In Your World are fucking. In Your World is so good, yeah, man. I really, love that song. Really good um, yeah. they, they did follow it with Hysteria, which I think is maybe their best tune. I'm not going to disagree with that, to be honest, but Absolution's a pretty did, pish record. Did the guy from Hysteria ever go on to act in, like, maybe any sort of TV dramas? Possibly. He seemed like he'd be in that drama about vampires with Claire Danes. Uh, Justin Theroux. Louis Theroux's uh, cousin. So who it was? Yeah. Also... Was he? Also the husband. So he's been also in the Mulholland husband. Drive, Inland Empire... Tropic no Thunder. No way, he was in those. Yeah. Also, just to just to double down on that, he is. I don't know if he still is, but he was. <laughs> he was married to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's that who it was. Thing, so yeah. yes, he did go on to further success. Fine. When I said, <laughs> when I, said I don't know, I was being, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> greater than or equal to success. <laughs> I thought I thought you were being sarcastic when you said no, that. No, no, I was being sarcastic with my answer. All right, let's get the fuck off this question. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Chris second... is fucking descending down a rabbit hole here. The second question submitted to us by drunken listeners was: Which album have you most changed your mind about? Does that mean of of the ones, of the we've, ones we've done since deal. we've done it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. good or bad. All right, years go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you Be guys quick. Do not do your homework. Um, I've done my homework. I just want to know what you're going to say. Okay, okay, okay. I have I have uh, glass swords by Rusty. Really. Uh, no, wait. I hate it more than I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was bad, but I think it's terrible now. Got okay. voted in, though. I've tried. Huh? I mean, people voted in Trump. Um, I just knocked over a can, sorry. Do you want to say that again? <laughs> uh, Meshuggah. I liked it. I really like them now. Yeah. I mean, I've actually developed appreciation for the entire catalogue of the band, which mm-hmm. is very, very interesting. Like, the, the album gave me a window. And because of the effort that I expended trying to understand the album, uh, yeah, it's benefited me. I think I've really enjoyed a lot of what they've had to say. Uh, Death Grips, likewise, I think I really understand Death Grips better. Yeah. 
can't say I'm a massive fan of most of the stuff that came later, but ex-military, I've really gone back to it. Great record. The other stuff is much patchier, in my opinion, and I think if we were to do the episode again, my perspective on it would be a lot more inconsistent. Um, the album that we've covered that I've had the most uh, mileage out of has been Abyss by Chelsea Wolfe. Um, I think that's a fucking brilliant album It's like It really It forced me to wrestle with it But I noticed that When friends of mine Were writing to me Asking me about music It, it kind of happens Because they're idiots And my friends Think I know anything About music <laughs> Which you guys know I, I don't um, <laughs> but, You just like What other people don't like um, but, <laughs> Like Chelsea Wolf Left a, a pretty big impression And she's been a Old school uh, Adjective uh, Like a grower I, I really think Abyss is excellent and I've got a lot of mileage out of that. How about Good. you guys? Uh, Portishead for me. Third? Mentioned it before, yeah. I or generally? Third. Mostly thirds. It's really interesting because it came not long after DJ Shadow and obviously I was kind of primed for the trip-hop thing anyway and I said it at the time and it just keeps coming back to me. I like the dark vibe of it. It's just, it just it really appeals to me in the same way that DJ Shadow did. So I, I've listened to that quite a lot. Also, it's, Tri- it's, Trapanning by Kevin. I've listened to that song a whole fucking bunch. That song is a fucking monster. <laughs> um, sorry, just the, the Portishead thing. It is amazing the longevity of that album. Mm. Third is just as good as the first two are, and I loved, I loved the first two Portishead albums. They didn't last as long as the third one. The third one has stayed and stayed and stayed. And it still has like because of the density of it it still reaps rewards even now I think yeah. it's a tremendous album yeah I agree David third by Porter said <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Zoom. so there you go but um, I, just I, mean, I knew I liked it but I I remember listening to it when it came out and I was like oh yeah that's good and then yeah like just got more and more into it in the last it's like, perfect for this time of year as well yeah. for one art yeah. definitely is and it just keeps unfolding every time I listen to it a little bit more Okay, uh, question three was uh, what was the favourite song of the year that we found? Tune favorite of the year. Tune of the year, lads. So I, just, I just told you what mine was. Do we even yeah, remember so yours? Trapanning uh, by, by Do we even remember who submitted this? I don't even. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Thanks, everybody. Uh, your tunes of the year? Trapanning is my number one song of the year. Yeah, 
fucking big Apart, apart from all the new flesh Which I mentioned in the last episode Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay I have three subdivisions so, Oh fuck <laughs> off Tune of the year uh, I have like I wasn't really sure This this question Just three songs that you remember <laughs> From the last year This this question wasn't massively specific So uh, from the pod From the stuff we've covered I'd say that uh, Greater Than 84 by AFI And almost in a par, maybe slightly edging it, is White Crosses mm. by uh, Against Me. Um, tune of the Year, personally, uh, unspecified, I think that's where it's at. By Sam Cooke. And music, soft and slow, with someone you love so, and that's where it's at. Yeah. It's a tune that I've listened to a ridiculous amount of times this year. Sam Cooke is my favourite vocalist of all time. I think the guy's amazing. Uh, not a particularly nice guy. <laughs> Him, especially not in his final hours uh, but that song and a lot of his catalogue is beautiful something else I've listened to a lot there is an album called Punish Honey by an artist called Vessel from Bristol mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple of tracks in that um, Red Sex or Anima As far as Electro's concerned, it's really dark, but oh my god, it's so fucking sexy and weird and unsettling and has that kind of Portis head meets, uh, I don't even know, it's just super alluring mm-hmm. and draws you in. And just in terms of no real parameters, because, sorry, it was a really vague question, uh, the track Hot Lips by the band, uh, by the artist Vitalik. A European electro Yeah, thing. of Italic, yeah Oh my god There is a video It's not even the official video The, the official video is kind of like a girl walking through Tokyo thing It's it's fine There's a video of just three people like A girl A guy dressed as a cowboy And a sort of DJ <laughs> It's black and white It's filmed in front of a cliff It's basically just the DJ playing the track And the other two people dancing to it mm. And it is absolutely compulsive viewing like I've watched that video maybe 10 times there's something so infectious about the combination of the song and the way both the cowboy guy and the girl and then DJ dance to it it's an absolute banger uh, the last one I would put is a really understated track by a Scottish artist called Siobhan Wilson it came out in 2017 and it didn't really sink in how much I loved this song until recently but the track's called Make You Mine 
Anor, mm-hmm. uh, which made me reluctant to really nominate it because I felt I was biased. But given the number of plays, like objectively looking at my, my stats on iTunes, it's just a, an absolutely marvellous bit of understated songwriting. She's a beautiful singer. I think probably the best singer pound for pound in the country. Uh, the song is just gorgeous. It's really naked in its admittance of personal culpability and emotional vulnerability, uh, whilst also being romantic. Mm-hmm. So those would be the songs I would nominate. Um, super quick, songs in terms of the actual year, the Daughters album, the new album, sounds really, really good, uh, albeit very dense, like it takes a lot of digestion. Uh, I think John Hopkins' album, Singularity, was excellent. Um, Although it does sound a lot like an updated version of William Orbit's Barbara's Adagio for yeah, Strings. Yeah, the only thing about John I Hop- really like John Hopkins, but he's just, he's got that entire... Yeah, he's he's a little bit derivative, um, but there are certain points in that album, uh, Emerald Rush and Neon Pattern Drum. Tracks two and three, I think, from memory, are outstanding. Like, it is a really good record. Really and good. It was really good live as well. Albeit, it does get a little bit pedestrian later on. Um, Hot Snakes brought out an album this year, uh, Jericho Sirens, and there's a couple of tracks in that, uh, Psychoactive and Death Camp Fantasy, that are fucking excellent. They're not up there with their best songs, but they're really, really good. Um, and I would say just as a hot take, and coincidentally the the artist that we hosted at the club night, Exterior, uh, Plagued Streets of Pity. think Doug and that project is going to go pretty far and uh, Plague Streets of Pity track is superb. Really, really good. Cool. Can I just add, um, if we're talking about songs of the year that came out this year that I really loved, I mean One Day has released their, set, their latest album, Sister Cities, which I thought was pretty much really really fucking average yeah. you, said, you said fucking in the, the build up to the word so average so fucking really fucking <laughs> fucking fucking average um, three, there are three songs on it though which are just unbelievable fucking who so, is this sorry the wonder years Fucking, 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 fucking. Cord to Spotify, my most listened to song this year is Raining in Kyoto, which is the first song on that record. So, really? Yeah. Is that just by default? I just, I, I wake up every morning with it stuck in my head, and I have done for the past six months, and it's fucking drive me insane. Fuck 
fucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I've got a couple of songs that I've loved discovering through the podcast mm-hmm. or just loved hearing again. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious because you listen to a lot of music, so you're kind of inundated, so the stuff that sticks. Jesus must- Was a Crossmaker by Judy Sill. Oh yeah, Jonah Matranga. Man, what did you think about the kiss? Because that's the one that I took away. Also beautiful, but Jesus was a crossmaker is one that I've gone back to most. I think. And then also. Uh, in work, we all listen to NTS, the Charlie Bones breakfast show between 10 and 12 in the morning. And he's played that a couple of times really? that I've noticed since hearing it from okay. Jonah. And it's just such a beautiful track. And Can you're I, like, hello, guys. Like, yeah, I know what the song's called. <laughs> Can I add to that? So that the, what's the, oh, I can't remember the name of it just now, but the main single on the BDP records, Love's Gonna Get You. I'll listen to that a lot as well this year. That's okay. a fucking really good song. Uh, we have totally underrepped hip hop in this. Yeah. I yeah. obviously love Detox by Strapping on Lad. Just ultimate chug. Sure. I chug, uh, I chug my and stick. then under a serpent sun by at the gates because <laughs> I love a riff. A lot of metal. Uh, and of course Cry by Carly Rae Jepsen. Best pop songs I mean, ever written. Cry is really pretty yeah. good on that album. I will great. give you, like, like I admitted, that is the I know maybe the best song she's done. Yep. If you want to talk uh, about hip hop, Emma, the Epic Beardman EP, which came out this year, I've listened to that a lot as well. And there's a few songs from that which have came up, and particularly uh, DIY MFS, which is just a fucking cracking song. <laughs> Uh, a couple of amazing hip hop tracks that I can think of that have come out this year. Uh, Joey Perp's Elastic. Joey Perp. Yeah, that gets. Oh, it's so heavy. Like honestly, seen the last like three weeks, <laughs> the, the, the names you guys have exposed. Uh, well, Payroll Giovanni and Cardo. Uh, Cardo. They, they released an album called Big Bossy Volume Two. Are you are you fucking yeah, yeah, representing yeah. Cardo? Yeah, man. Killers owe me favors. I looked out when he wasn't able to. Gary make my new kid all white. He think I'm racist. 
quick to get some money. I ain't pressed about no. Uh, <laughs> Payroll yeah. Giovanni is actually his other alternate name. Yeah, the Aero Sweatshirt record. I've heard is yeah, very it's, good. Yeah, it's very good. Payroll Giovanni and Cardo released Big Boss in Volume Two, and it's and like proper old school, chilled as fuck, like gangster hip hop. It's really, really good. Wrapped uh, my I'm way gonna, is an amazing I, song. Can I just say I'm gonna have to look that shit up to to, to, to edit it in. So, what's the next one? Uh, and the next one is JID one five one rum is the song. Is it no? You missed one out there. So. Oh, by uh, Payroll Giovanni and Cardo. It's called Wrapped My Way. Good afternoon. It's your boy E Finkel. We're here to introduce you to someone that needs no introduction. From where the lions and tigers roam daily, a beast that what he do. From where the whole city versus. It sounds like. Oh, like total classic, like Snoop Dogg, uh, like G Funk. So, yeah, it's, like, it's really G Funk. It's like fucking amazing. Stoner Hop. Yes, that's a, like that's, a, that's a genre that you've just made up. G-funk. White man, Chris. I think yeah. Stoner uh, Hop. Like druggy. G um, uh, Funk is like. Make fucking... America Great Again Hop. <laughs> uh, there's a track. Bill Ryder Jones released a track called And Then There's You. His album's pretty good, but there's a track called And Then There's You, which is getting a lot of play on Radio 6, but it's actually fucking beautiful. I didn't think I'd like it, but I really do. My mistress, my mistress, Oh, did I say one five run by JLD? That is like the yeah, best way, man. That rap has he's got the best flow. It's a fucking ridiculous song. Best flow. Yes, that is a that's a phrase. Say it again. When Weaver uh, drops the best flow. One five one rum by JLD. Don't compare me to no other other niggas in the city, boy. They say they're fucking with you. Heebie-jeebie. That's a bit disgusting, but I get it. Don't full attention, full of spirit, but full of shit. Standing next to the tight when that bullet hit him. Shit, I miss him. I wish that that bullet missed him, but it didn't. And since I've been living with it like a sickness, it's an infinite rhymes. Give me the but JLD. JID. JID. I found a track by a band called Cobra Man it's called Bad Feeling <laughs> they've only got they're like 500 likes like no I don't know they've played like three gigs they from LA I don't know how I found them but it's like mad 80s glam rock with some synth and stuff like that but it's got the fucking best chorus ever it's such what a fucking called? tune they're called Cobra Man Cobra, Cobra Man. Man yeah and Cobra they're fucking Man. brilliant can we take the new Pink in? Destroyer record is amazing is it, uh, it's so good is it as there's, good as there's actually a, there's a track Army of Cops that came out and everybody was like there's no blast beats in it there's no blast beats in it it's like the first Pink Destroyer track without blast beats It's still a fucking amazing track, and then all the other tracks have blast beats, so it's fine. <laughs> how do you feel about the How do you feel about the Daughters album? Oh, I, I really like it. It's really good. It's, it's intense. It's fucking avant-garde. intense. It sounds yeah. like a migraine, but it's I really like, like given it. that Daughters started as like basically the locust light. It's really interesting to see how both they and the bands that followed them have tempered the sound. Uh, 
And they've almost gone Like daughters to me Sound like they've gone More towards the birthday party And liars Yeah Then they've They've gone towards Locust now yeah, totally. You take 10 years off You know what I mean And then so can I finish With my f- final The best track of the year Please It is An ironic take On Happy Hardcore from a, sl- I think he's <laughs> Am I gonna have to look Ukrainian hip hop art. Wait, 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 wait Dave, a minute. Fuck you. Wait a minute. Am I gonna have to look this up? Wait a minute. I told you Sky are already, maybe or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. He's an Estonian rapper. <laughs> Estonian rapper. Uh, with an Estonian a, rapper. With an English Fuck. produced happy hardcore is ironic art piece song. His name is Tommy Cash. Yes. And uh, we almost got him. We almost booked him. What? He's fucking amazing. Seriously, he's, we almost booked him. Oh, he's like he's like his some no of his hip hop stuff are you serious? have been amazing. Like um, he he was up for a gig and we couldn't get him, but oh, he, we almost got him. He is so good. Really? Like he uh, produces all his own videos. He's like an artist basically. My problem and is And he uses like that sort of Russian working class like yeah. sporty thing. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. He's like trackies and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like like slavcore. Like, <laughs> like pure like everybody in like a cotton fucking tracksuit. I so we almost got him, right? But the problem was that I was like maybe most of his like viewing figures are bots. <laughs> no, they're absolutely not. Like, because almost everything in Eastern Europe is bots now. No, nah, like, he is genuinely huge. He is like part of the, the PC music movement. Um like fucking art school ravers love it could have had him um, could have had him his track X-Ray it's got a fucking banging donk on it <laughs> it's so donk. good Bring I've listened donk. to that track about 50 times in the last three Dave. months and I realised that like did we talk about this before but like we're all the guys that listen to uh, oh yeah we talked about this during Rusty we're all the guys that bought Kerrang when we were little and these are the guys that bought the bonkers. Uh, bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. bonkers and yeah. like this track is the ultimate homage bonkers. to bonkers <laughs> it's so good uh, last question of 2018 guys yeah my Anus. ass is so numb fuck off deal with it so numb. we've got two fucking weeks off man you'll be Three. fine Ghostbusters alright Dave Nealon uh, Dave Nealon question four of 2018 yeah. Tommy Smart okay. to your question what was your favourite Dave Grohl Nexus of the year. <laughs> out for this, you're gonna have to go back and like at least cut them out and play them again. <laughs> and play them again. Uh because my favourite one, Chris, was your terrorism one. Thank you! <laughs> Any number <laughs> of them. Done. I had well, a few. Uh, it was yeah. Talk Talk, wasn't it? No, it was Oklahoma Bombing, Train Dodge. Oh, was it? No, I think uh, no, I, there was a there actually, was a George Bush Talk Talk. Uh he went via there. I did a bunch. Mine, mine is a train dodge one The Oklahoma bombing Okay that Yeah I'll give you that Terrorism Times two Wait a minute Go into detail So basically like, So the FBI bombing Timothy McVeigh Yeah and then the guys in train dodge Almost certainly got a day off school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't good even I would, I would like, Almost certainly got a day I'd off like school a, Because that happened I had so a yeah. little terrorism boner Because of that <laughs> David Uh which one was yours? I think it was the Talk Talk one where you went via George Bush and I can't remember the rest of it. Good lord. Oh, was it not some 
it was some fucking I've had more like I had the one with the LP episode where yeah. I talked uh, about the weathermen yep. and the domestic terrorism and yeah the, the weathermen was an interesting one and I actually went and I've read up more about the, the weathermen multiple terrorism <laughs> uh, next I mine was train dodge no question what was your favourite Chris um Okay, so I got one for both of you guys uh-huh. and one for myself. <laughs> uh, so, David, mm-hmm. from you, my favorite was the Codename is Milo episode that went via Lethal Bizzle <laughs> and then Lethal Bizzle's Dench clothing. Oh, oh yeah, Judy, Judy Dench. Dench. And then Dench went to Judy Dench and then Judy Dench uh, was M in, oh, what was it called? The James Bond film? Uh, well, she was in M in about seven of them. Oh, yeah. fuck. Any number of them. Uh, garbage did the soundtrack. Oh, uh, The World Is Not Enough. To The World Is Not Enough. And Garbage, via Butch Vig, went to Nirvana, and Nirvana was Dave Grohl. <laughs> the clothing link, and that was inspired for my own. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> you don't know, like to blow your own trumpet, but. You know, varnishing my own furniture here. But um, my one was uh, about Bruce Dickinson flying an injured turtle. Oh yeah, that was actually pretty good. That was good, yeah. That is still like literally my all-time yeah. favourite. I mean, I like self-lulled multiple times, including in my research for this. Um, and about uh, Kurt Cobain having turtles and a turtle called Sappy. Sappy was recorded four times, including by Dave Grohl, blah, blah, blah. Um it's good Mark and I, I really think this is peak Mark yeah and we've yeah, been yeah. doing this for a year and largely this 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 whole project grew from Mark <laughs> it sprouted out of Mark's little ears I guess and from yeah. Mark's little nostrils and we have Mark's bastardized little, it little beard ruined <laughs> it ruined it this little it. podcast sprouted like an idea mushroom above Mark's head that light bulb <laughs> from all these different things and, and it was we also sorted those mushrooms also and Mark has as so many of our listeners have Noted become known for his brevity. Brevity and then um, the nexus, yeah. But the uh, a correct your one. code name is Milo episode uh, regarding Mark was <laughs> Peak Mark. <laughs> peak uh Peak Mark, Peak Unsung Podcast, yep. Peak 2018 with the quote five words Steve Albini is the answer <laughs> which is true <laughs> Steve Albini is the end answer end of story <laughs> I owe you guys nothing I do not intend to spend Steve any more Albini time on this stupid podcast I'm done with this shit fuck off uh, on that note we're done right. with that shit Steve Albini is the answer I'm going home <laughs> David has his little purple helmet on um, oh. Mark has his little pink jacket on and uh, we're all going to fuck off for 2018 Happy New Year everybody. Happy New Year yeah Yeah Happy New Year we really hope you'll uh, enjoy the podcast for the next year we hope to kind of push it on oh, to some... What are we doing next week? Next week Have we worked it out? Next week we are doing yeah, No 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 we have worked it out Fuck these guys we don't owe them anything. <laughs> Next week... Steve Albini's answer. <laughs> Next week, if you trust unsungpodcast.net, <laughs> you should tune in regardless of our nomination. Yeah, and for the true. first time we'll in 52 in. weeks, uh, we will do a record... It's like a big old reset button. W- or a big old reset button. We will do a record without announcing what it is in advance to the public. Okay. We're going to do our best and we're going to try this year to try and push it on and... Hey, you guys are crucial in that. 
<laughs> Definitely, yeah. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here. David, don't laugh. So, don't Could laugh. Just see your eyes. You are steaming. <laughs> yes. Look at that yeah, ball. I know. Jameson. So you know, I'm um, no done all. So it's been a, it's been a good night for Chris. <laughs> but guys, thank you very much for a wonderful year. Thanks very much. Hang on. Good point. Well made. <laughs> Uh, happy New Year Cheers people Awesome and genders Right um, goodbye Go listen to my sugar Bye <laughs> <laughs> My sugar is the answer Good night